Hi, friends. It is our pleasure to highlight one of our favorite charities this week, Mary's Meals. Mary's Meals sets up community-run school feeding projects in some of the world's poorest communities where poverty and hunger prevent children from gaining an education. The idea is a simple one that works. Mary's Meals provides one daily meal in a place of learning to attract chronically poor children into the classroom where they receive an education that can in the future be their ladder out of poverty. The Mary's Meals campaign was born in 2002 when founder Magnus McFarland Barrow visited Malawi during a famine and met a young mother named Emma who was dying from AIDS. When Magnus asked her eldest son, Edward, what his dreams were in life, he replied simply, I want to have enough food to eat and to go to school one day. Mary's Meals began by feeding just 200 children in Malawi in 2002. Today, they are providing more than 2.4 million children with a daily school meal across five continents. Mary's Meals is a global movement of people from all walks of life, united by a belief that no child in this world of plenty should endure a day without a meal. Nearly every part of their work depends on unpaid volunteers, and it's through them that this movement grows. It costs just $31.70 Canadian, or $25.20 since US to feed a child for an entire school year. To put that number into perspective, that's the equivalent of just five fancy lattes from your favorite coffee shop. For just pennies per meal, you can ensure a vulnerable child will receive life-changing, nutritious meals while they learn. I'm a personal supporter of Mary's Meals. I've met Magnus. I love the work that they do, and I wholeheartedly believe in it. 93 cents of every dollar goes directly to the feeding programs and to feeding children. I know that you and I have a lot of things to spend money on, but I also believe that we can press in a little deeper to help the most vulnerable in the world. So please consider donating to Mary's Meals. You can head over to marysmeals.ca in Canada or marysmealsusa.org in the U.S. God bless you. Well, hello, dear friends, and welcome to season 12 of the Abiding Together podcast. We are so excited to be back with you for another season. Abiding Together is a place where you can find connection, rest, and encouragement on your journey with Jesus Christ. And we have people from all over the world on this walk together, and you are most, most welcome. My name is Sister Miriam James, and every week I'm joined by two of my very dearest friends, Michelle Benzinger and Heather Kim. And we speak about what the Lord is doing in our life, the movements of the Holy Spirit, what is breaking our hearts, what is healing us, and where the Lord is leading us to deeper relationship with Him. So wherever you find yourself today, wherever that is, you are most welcome. So grab a cup of coffee, settle in, and welcome home. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Abiding Together podcast. We have something extraordinary today. We have a special guest, Yay. which we haven't had a guest on in like 100 years. So <laughs> we'll at least welcome 100. our first guest in 100 years, a lovely young woman whom Heather will introduce in a second. But Michelle and Heather, how are we? Michelle Michelle looks like she's at St. Patrick's Day. You can't see her, but she's all green, which is really it's lovely. Very oh, cute. thank you. It's very, very cute, Michelle. You're so matchy-matchy mm-hmm. with your, is it a dress <laughs> or a shirt? I can't tell. And then you have like a hairband. That's it's the a same. shirt. It's very, yeah. I have a headband and a matching mm-hmm. shirt. That's all people. And I have joggers on underneath, so it's really not that fancy. So let's be real. Like, let's just be honest. <laughs> but you look like a Southern belle thank right you. now. It's a very wow, Southern thing you. to have. Like, I don't think I've ever seen anyone in Canada with a matching headband <laughs> shirt. Action yeah. lens, so. do, do you guys not have J. Crew up there or what? <laughs> <So>. <laughs> no, we wear toques. That's it. That's it. That's all we got. That's all we got. That's all we got. That's all we got. Heather, what about you? How's it going? It's going good. Yeah, I was just, I was saying to you guys before, I was just listening to this live worship thing that was online. And Mm -hmm. so, yeah, I was just like totally basking in the presence of God and hopping in to be with you. So 
my day is going well. It mm-hmm. is full on. We are planning for our mm-hmm. women's retreat up here. So it's completely crazy. We're in a hiring oh, process right. as an organization. So I feel like I'm juggling like eight different things. So I'm trying to be present in the moment. Mm-hmm. So glad to be with you. Michelle, how are you? I'm good. I am good. I just had classes this morning also, and it, they were beautiful. They were art classes, and they were just like so good for my soul. So yeah, I was like, mm-hmm. any day I can get my hands messy is a good day. Like create something is a really good day. Yeah. And nobody's in my house today, so which is really good. So I'm by myself creating, which is even better. <gasps> so yeah, but it was really good. That's rare. Uh huh. So and Sister Miriam, how are you, my friend? Well, I am in the great state of Florida right you now. Are. I'm your neighbor, Michelle, but we're not in the same place. I'm at a healing retreat for priests right now, which is really lovely. So that's always a great gift and a sacred honor to be part of a team that ministers deeply to priests. So it's, uh, yeah. And it's mm-hmm. lovely spring weather here too, because we can't not talk about the weather. So I'm just frolicking. <laughs> I, I'm having, I'm finding the tradition to frolic every morning. Like I wish there were hills because I would love to sing in them because it's just so beautiful. It it's is. like 55 degrees in the morning and the birds are singing. And, and nuns frolicking is just a... Uh, just because they're alive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We should start an Instagram mm-hmm. called Nuns Frolicking. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like, not that we do. Uh, not that everybody ever want to see that, but it's just like frolicking in the I hills, do. you know, I do. down the grass. Yeah. Well, let's not wait any longer. So we have a scripture and a quote for this episode, but we cannot wait any longer to introduce our guest. So I'll get to that after our guest. So Heather Kim, mm-hmm. would you please introduce our first guest in 100 years? Our we first. Go. We are really old if this is our first guest in 100 <laughs> years, but I am so excited to have with us. Jill Simons. She is from, many of you might know her from Pink Salt Riot. She is the founder of Pink Salt Riot. And we always get these beautiful word of the year bracelets and all that stuff, which is always offered to you, our listeners. And she is a creative, she is full of joy and passion. And today she is here to talk about one of the things that is burning on her heart right now, which is charisms. And I can't wait to hear what she has to say. She's from Tulsa, Oklahoma. And Jill, how many kids do you have? I have four children. Four children. So she's a mama of four. So I just want to welcome you to the podcast. So good to have you with us. Thank you so much. It is truly my pleasure. It is one of those beautiful things when the Holy Spirit both puts something on your heart and the opportunity to to vent that and share that. And so I'm just very thankful for that opportunity in this podcast. Mm. Well, we love to have you, Jill, and we're just so excited just to dump in. You know, uh, Sister, we'll let you do, uh, use our guiding scripture and our guiding quote, and then we can't wait for Jill to break this open for us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So our, our scripture passage for our time with Jill today is from Romans uh, chapter 11, verse 29. Where St. Paul says, for God's gifts and his call are irrevocable. And then the prayer or the poem attributed to St. Teresa of Avila, as she says, Christ has no body but yours, no hands, no feet on earth but yours. Yours are the eyes with which he looks, compassion on this world. Yours are the feet with which he walks to do good. Yours are the hands with which he blesses all the world. Yours are the hands, yours are the feet. Yours are the eyes, yours are his body. Christ has no body now but yours, no hands, no feet on earth but yours. Yours are the eyes with which he looks, compassion on this world. Christ has no body now on earth but yours. 
which is just so stunning in and of itself. And so maybe, Jill, as we dive in here, everybody wants to know, first of all, how do you take your morning beverage of choice? Like, let's just get that out of the way because we're just yeah. going to think about it the whole time. Of course. We got to get the burning questions out of the way. <laughs> so I'm not a coffee person. I realized in high school that I get terrible migraines from caffeine. So I actually am one of those people that does a green smoothie in the morning, not because I'm healthy, nice. but because I'm not. And that'll be my only vegetables <laughs> most days. I feel really so. good about that. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. You, you can still be here, even if you don't drink coffee. I know some people mm-hmm. like feel like, uh, I don't want to say I don't drink coffee. You are loved just as you are. <laughs> well, thank you. Yes. <laughs> so Jill, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? I mean, I did the intro, but what would you like people to know about you? Yeah, I it's it's so interesting how the Holy Spirit takes us through the journey of life. And as I was talking with my husband before I jumped on this podcast, we were just like, gosh, that's really been a journey to get here because this has been something, charism specifically, that I've been passionate about since I was like 19 years old when I was a student in rural Iowa trying to figure out what the heck I was supposed to do with my life. And I was like, it feels like the church should have something to contribute on this front. And so ever since then, so much of what I've come to throughout my life has really been a search of of how do we use what the church wants to give us to make these decisions in life. And so really, that's where I've started companies and I've done things to really just try and get closer and closer to this topic. So you mentioned Pink Salt Riot, where I'm creative director, and I really wanted to be able to pour into people on this front of what is it that God is calling you specifically to do? And we focus on identity there, but but having the chance now to really focus on charisms through through our nonprofit is just really, really exciting. And that's, that's where my passion is and where it has kind of always been. Mm-hmm. And what is the name of your nonprofit? Just so we, we start there. So it's called Many Parts Ministries. Yes. Okay. Many Parts. And, and the work of Many Parts will be to help people understand what their charisms are and and, and what else would you say? Absolutely. I think the biggest thing is that we have such a heart for helping people realize that just like Sister read in that beautiful poem from Teresa of Avila, that everyone is necessary, that these people all have functions, roles in the body of Christ, whether they know it or not. And there is so much beautiful fruit that comes out of living in cooperation with that role that's already been given to you, but you're just kind of living in blindness when you don't step into it and don't realize that it is yours. And so my biggest area of passion in this is the people, when you look out in the church full of people and you think about the fact that 85% of them think that they don't have anything to offer to the church as a whole, mm-hmm. it's just heartbreaking. It's stunning how much people feel shame about not having something to give, which couldn't be further from the truth. And then people feel like they need to earn their place in the church to begin with because they don't have something kind of to bring to the table. And so we want to speak into both of those things. How do we help people, first of all, get rid of that wound of shame and really have a solid identity about who they are before they even discern the charisms and know what they are? And then once you know your charisms, what role does that play in your larger life? I always like to tell the story of of someone I discerned charism with a young man who was neurodivergent on the autism spectrum, is a hazmat trucker, doesn't go to the same parish two weeks in a row ever. And we found looking at his charisms, his primary roles in the church were wisdom, faith, and intercessory prayer. Mm. And this trucker tears up and says, you mean I'm doing everything that I'm supposed to do? Mm. As he's sitting in the cab of his truck, 
praying for people all over the country, talking to his trucker Mm -hmm. friends on the phone who are trying to make these life decisions, being this bastion of faith in his family and his circle. And he just couldn't hold it together because there had been so much shame of like, I should have a parish and I should be involved and I should do these Mm -hmm. things. But that wasn't his role in the body of Christ. Mm. I love that, Jill. And I think there's something really important. And the majority of our listeners, not exclusively, but the majority of our listeners are women. And I was thinking, I went back and was reading Krista Fidelis Lechi in the last couple of weeks. And part of it, I love what John Paul II says in Krista Fidelis Lechi about women. He says, acknowledge the indispensable contribution of women to the building up of the church and the development of society. And then he goes on to say, if anyone has a task of advancing the dignity of women in the church and society, it is women themselves who must recognize the responsibility as leading characters. And I think especially for women, the way we're trying to figure out like, what are our gifts? What what are even charisms? Where do I start? And I think that was a really good example with the trucker because we think, okay, if I have charisms, they have to become inside the walls of the church. And actually for us, the laity, it's better that, yes, some of us are called to full-time ministry, but that will not be the majority. The majority, you need to be solved light outside. But I think one of the things when I think trying to figure out your gifts and charisms is we need, it needs to almost happen within a body, people to call out your gifts and confirm your gifts. And so like, how do you even start? Like, first of all, like, what is a charism? Like, how would you define that? And then like, how does one even begin to figure that out? Absolutely. So charism has that same Greek root word etymologically as as grace. So when we're talking about a charism, basically it's a kind of grace that we receive. And so obviously we have our sacramental theology as Catholics where it's grace that we receive specifically through the sacraments. And so that's why we have as a basic teaching of the church that everyone who is baptized, be it within the Catholic church or in the Protestant church, baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit has been given at least one of these specific gifts in order to build up the kingdom. Mm. And as I go through this, I've gone through charism discernment process with hundreds of people at this point, and I have yet to find someone who really has less than three. That seems to be pretty like starting hand is like around three charisms. So these these are really best thought about as a gift that's given to you at your baptism, that candle level where it's something that then's fanned into even greater flame at your confirmation. Uh, You might notice that at baptism, it's kind of a personal flame. It's something that you see manifest in yourself or in your family. Whereas I like to think about it at confirmation as like a flamethrower. Like Mm -hmm. this is something that becomes like an assault weapon, Mm -hmm. seriously, of of fire to be able to go out and reach everyone who you— you are meant to reach as a member of the body of Christ, as that acting principle in the body of Christ. Wow. I, I wish more people would talk about baptism and confirmation like that. Can I Me just say too. that? I was <laughs> the same thing. Mm-hmm. I was like, amen, girl, preach that. You know, because I, I think we have no idea what we're given in our baptism and in our confirmation. And so it's easy to kind of allow those things to fall dormant. And just to not, and but we just many times don't even know. And I like, you know, kind of what you're talking about here is the truth of it's actually a gift for building up the body. It's not just something I'm good at or like a performance-based thing, but it's integrally tied. And I'd love that you're tying it to baptism. You're tying it to the sacraments. You're tying it to the eternal realities that don't change. And so how would you explain the relationship between our identity, you know, sons and daughters of God is baptized as confirmed Christians and also the charisms. How do you notice that interplay? 
I think it's so helpful to look at the baptism of Christ when you are kind of parsing this out, because when we have the the baptism of Christ, especially in the Gospel of Matthew, as he talks about the three things that happen, right? The heavens open, the Holy Spirit comes down, and the voice of God is heard. And these are things that happen prior to Christ's public ministry. Jesus doesn't do anything before these gifts are freely given to him by the Father. And that's also when we hear this iconic line of, this is my beloved son in whom I well pleased, before he's done anything. Jesus has not healed anyone. Jesus has not, you know, stopped any storms, done anything incredible at this point. And the pleasure and love of the Father is there in its fullness at this moment of baptism. And it is really expressed in the yes of the person to receive baptism is what brings the Father this joy. And so then it's so interesting that this is also the time that the gifts is given. And that's why I think it's such a danger to put charisms forward as something that I'm going to use this charism really well. And that's going to be how I feel good enough. That's how I feel like I have a place in the church. That's going to how I'm going to know that God approves of me because that all happened at the very beginning. That was something Mm -hmm. that happened when you received this gift. And if we get that out of order then we can, we're actually really in the same position as Eve in the garden where Mm -hmm. when she eats of that fruit, the devil says, you'll be like God. And she already was like God. So she's trying to perform and get Mm -hmm. what was already given to her as a gift. And that is why it is such a danger for us to be out of order on those things and to not understand, like I know, Heather, you love Maverick City music as I do. I'm already as loved as I'm ever going to be like there. Mm. I am fully loved right now. And I love to extend the metaphor of the family to kind of help this make sense. So we talk about being children of God that happens at baptism. We enter the family of God and that is done. Signed, sealed, delivered. And, you know, it doesn't matter what comes after the fact you are in the family. Charisms are like your chores, In the family. Mm -hmm. You're not going to get kicked out of the family if you don't do them. You're not going to not be loved by your parents if you don't do them. But also functionally, you need to do them, (laughs) that it is for your good. It is important that you do them because, again, it's not that mom and dad can't do it. It's that it is good for you to be the one to do it. And how many times, you know, those of us that are parents, how many times have we said, you know, you don't have to, you get to. (laughs) This is something that is, you know, can become such a place of joy, exactly, for people to step into what it is that God's inviting Mm. them to do. Mm. There are so many important things that you're saying. I feel like we could spend a long time just on like every point that you're talking about. But I really love what you're saying about it's not performance-based. And Mm -hmm. I think that is so tricky. Some of us don't even know how to operate that way. Another way I've heard charisms described is like, this is where you see the supernatural fruit. So sometimes we can look at ourselves and go, oh, well, I'm naturally gifted at blah, 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 blah. And even that I would say, well, every good and good thing comes from the Father. You know, that's that's scriptural. Every good thing comes from Him. But this is where we see supernatural fruit that's beyond our human capacity. So for example, one that I see in my that I've seen in my own life is leading worship. I'm not I'm not a great musician. I don't really know anything about music. I don't have the best voice. I wish I didn't play the guitar and I play the piano. There's so many things mm-hmm. about that. But for some reason, often when I lead worship, God shows up in a powerful way. And it's so far beyond what I'm capable of. It's just like you feel like it's a privilege to just be 
be doing something with him that you get to see him move. And I was listening to somebody talking the other day and they said, it's like, you know, when you have a little kid that's trying to like unscrew something and they don't have the strength to do it, but they put their little hand on the screwdriver and their dad puts their hand over, but they feel like they've done it. And I'm like, that's so often what it's like with Mm God. Our contribution is so small in comparison to what he's about and what he's doing. So I think understanding what our charisms are is like a really powerful and beautiful thing because it takes us out of that place of like having to hustle and strive and get it right and do it all. We actually just get to be really little and let God be really, really big, which I love that part. So I would love to also hear, Jill, like, how do you see this working within our vocations? I know that's the language that often most of us hear is like, your vocation is where you put your, all your eggs in that basket, where you put your gifts at use. But, but how do you see that working together? So I'm an enormous fan of husbands and wives going through the charism discernment Mm -hmm. process together and then literally just laying the cards on the table. This is what we've been given. We've been given each other. We've each been given these gifts. And just as an order has a charism for a religious order, I think it's very within the realm of possibility, though I don't know if it is the case in every single situation. I think it's very common for families to have a charism that's really born of the overlapping charisms and the synergy of the charisms between the parents. And how do these, how do we fit together as a family? That's something that's very clear within my family. My husband and I both have really strong teaching charisms and are very invested in just a certain way of interacting with theology and the gospel. And so we really orient our life towards making that the goal of our family. And then we're able to also intentionally communicate with our children. This is why we're making these mm-hmm. decisions. And, and this is really what we are hoping that the fruit is, because children are not typically self-aware enough to discern their charisms. I'm, I'm sure there's individual exceptions, but typically there's kind of a level of self-reflection necessary that is more of a high school, college level thing. But I think giving them the language and giving them, you know, these are what they are when you do reach that point. And, and this is how mom and dad strive to live them out within the context of what we've been given are really, really powerful. And it also helps you make a lot of practical decisions. You know, does mom need to work? Well, look at what dad's charisms are, are these things where he's going to thrive outside of the home in a more high paying job. Or is this something where we've both been given job charisms that are clearly for use outside the home? And like a lot, like Thomas Merton says, you know, God's will is not hidden in a filing cabinet in heaven. This is a much more collaborative experience of looking at what is the Holy Spirit given to us? Let's pray about that together. Let's include the Holy Spirit in the conversation. But then also we can make decisions based on what's in front of us without fear because we are using what God has been given to the best of our ability. Mm-hmm. I think that's really important. I think that's what the beauty of this work that the Lord has entrusted to you, Jill, like helping people discover their charisms because it gives people purpose. It gives, I mean, I am always blown away and humble that the Lord chose to co-create with us mm-hmm. to bring about his kingdom on this earth. He wants to do it with us. Like what we, you know, the beginning poem that St. Teresa Bible says, he has no hands, but yours. I'm like, he could have chosen another way to bring forth his kingdom, but he wanted to be in relationship with us. And that is how he chose. And for us to to have like what gifts can we give to build up the kingdom of God not as consumers but as co-creators with 
the heaven. And I think there's something really special that you were hitting on when it comes to marriage. You know, when the husband and wife become married, they become one flesh. And so this is a new creation that's never been created before this family. And it tells a story of the kingdom that has never been told before. And so I always like to tell, like when we're doing marriage to prep, like you have a brand new story. This family has never come into existence before. So this is your once upon a time. And it's not a fairy tale. Uh, there's ups and flows and, you know, <laughs> like you have everything. I mean, we don't get our happily ever after until heaven, but you get a once upon a time. This is how this family gets to bring forth the kingdom of God. And I mean, if you're married, if you're single, whatever, like you have a purpose. So how do you lead people through this process? Like, what is the process to figure out, like, what are my charisms? You know, and you'll probably are going to be bombarded after this podcast with a lot of people wanting to go through this process. <laughs> But, you know, yeah, get ready, girl. Yeah. What is the process? Mm-hmm. Talk about the Holy Spirit timing, because after Heather and I had had the opportunity to talk in early March, the Holy Spirit just really was like, now is the time I have developed over the last five years or so a charism assessment that I use with people because there were some things that I just wanted to kind of clarify and drill down on on some of the ones that were available. So I've created a fully new one based on everything that I've learned over doing this for a decade. And the Holy Spirit has really been like, we need to make this more available to people in general. So now it is fully online. You're able to go on, take it. And actually at the end, due to one of the wonderful uses of technology, you're actually able to get a report that is 100% personalized to you, has what your top ones are, what you rate for, for every single one of them, extended steps for how do you discern each one, a really beautiful page that you can print that has your top one so you don't just lose track of this and just something to really hold on to as you walk through this. And so that's, a, we'll link that and you're able to take that to begin this process. There's also just a bunch of ways that we make available at many parts for you to just learn about charisms in general. So there's typically 26, 24 that we help people discern because two of them are typically through the baptism of the Holy Spirit specifically where people are, it's very clear if you're experiencing that charism or not. So they're not ones you discern the typical way. But we have resources on what all of those are, what those expressions look like, both in your family and in your community, and how you can begin the process. So if this is something that is tugging at your heartstrings at all, there's great steps you can take today to kind of begin this process because this is a this is a present that you already have mm-hmm. that you're learning that we really just have to transmit the skill to unwrap. And what has always been my passion has been there's no reason that this shouldn't be something everybody can do in just a few minutes to get this ball rolling because like the trucker example I gave at the beginning, there's so many people that I've gone through this process with who are just like, gosh, I just really thought, I was just kind of boring. I thought I didn't have a thing, you know, discerned with someone last week who it was administration, faith and knowledge. And she was like, I wouldn't have have realized that any of those were her core ones. But when she did, then there's this whole new energy to approaching Mm -hmm. those things. Mm -hmm. Right. As soon as you know. Well, I've been set aside, singled out by the Holy Spirit to do this thing. Now, when you're doing administrative tasks, it's not like, okay, administrative tasks that I like doing and my analytical brain is just kind of at peace while I'm doing this. No, this is like Christ living in me. 
doing the spreadsheet mm-hmm. I, and, yes. and really letting that hit you. I need more Christ. That should be a coffee Seriously, mug in our store. I need more administrative <laughs> anointing people in my life. Seriously. I'm like, but I always see that. I'm like, that's a gift. Don't doubt that gift. Cause I always need it. <laughs> it's true. It is. Yeah. yeah. No, it is true. Yeah. Jill, as you share that, I, I just, that's beautiful. And I think I'm wondering kind of if you might be willing to share whatever feels safe enough for you to share. But as you've kind of made this journey yourself, like how do you how do you experience Christ and like the intimacy of your prayer with him and his love for you as he's revealed mm, as he's yeah. living in you and he's doing these works through you? How has it brought you not not just into like what can I do, but into deeper intimacy with Jesus, which is that's part of our identity as well. Oh, absolutely. I think it's been such a gift really the gentleness of the journey, which I know you have spoken to many times where this needed to take 10 years. Mm -hmm. You know, this wasn't something that there was going to be a short path to. And through mentors that he's put in my life, through programs that he's put in my life, really powerfully through Encounter School of Ministry that he has put in my life, just invited me into taking the next step for each thing. And that has is what has ultimately created a new intimacy that I enjoy now specifically because I'm using the gifts that he's given me and I was I had the benefit of early on in public ministry having some people that really were like, we can't let you go on unless you work on this identity side of things. This really cannot be something that becomes about you because, oh man, I was performing with the best of them. Like I would be ready to rattle off like all the internships and the grades and the whatever of, you know, worldly accomplishments was really where I found my identity. And I knew that I could not do this until he had taken a lot of that wounding away. And so I had this beautiful time in adoration, actually, where this is what it came from. Part of part of walking through the pain of doing that work was because I wanted to do this work so badly. And so I was like, okay, I know you want me to do this. I want to do this really badly, but I have this need to really prove who I am. And it manifested in my prayer time, like as this cape that I was wearing. And so I'm in adoration, talking with Christ, seeing him there in front of me wearing this cape. And I was like, Jesus, I just don't know how to take this off. Like, I don't know how to change my identity. And it was funny because he just reached up and like flicked the knot and it fell off. And I like panicked. I had just this crazy panic attack. I was like, this was supposed to be a hypothetical conversation, Jesus. Like, (laughs) what are you doing? And he kind of laughed at me and he's like, I just wanted you to know that I could. Mm. But I also know Mm. you're not ready for that. And so what he invited me to do was just come back to this intimacy with him and practice. And that's what I did for about six months was I would like mentally, intentionally take off this cape before I would be in prayer with him. And I stopped needing to put it back on. And obviously the struggle hasn't ended, but it is so much diminished. It's, it's influence in my life. And so much of that has come from the fact that doing this ministry, helping people with their charisms is an expression of my charisms. This is what this I have been given to work with. And it's the most freeing, effortless thing when I'm able to step back from showing up as myself and allowing Christ to be present in me. And now it's just, it's fun to a point where I'm just like, I just can't wait to see what you're going to do. Like, I know Mm. it's going to be my mouth, but like, it's going to be what you want to say. And I just get to watch and it's very, very fun. Mm. That's so cool. I think in a world where we are desperately looking for meaning and we're also looking for 
labels we're looking to make sense of ourselves. We love a good survey or like a, it's like, what's my number or what, what personality type am I? Or, you know, there's like so many different things that people are looking for. And I remember even as a kid, like looking through magazines and being like, Ooh, what's the survey Mm -hmm. I get to fill out and like figure out something (laughs) about myself. And, and, and what I hear you saying, Jill, is that the deepest place where that's to be found is first in relationship to God, to know that we are beloved sons and daughters of, of the King. And from there that he has a plan for us, that he's gifted us with certain things that, that he wants to partner with us in that will build up his kingdom, which I'm like, that is so much more exciting than knowing, you know, whether I'm a seven or a two or whatever that, I don't even know what that means, but this is so much more exciting to look through this lens of like, how can I become fully alive? And that's what I hear you saying is like coming into some of this, a deeper Mm -hmm. understanding of this helps us to live in a more full way. Mm-hmm. Has that been your experience as well? Oh my gosh, absolutely. I I have so my charisms are leadership, craftsmanship, prophecy, encouragement and wisdom. And so as I walk in those, it's always been very clear from the natural talents because obviously mm-hmm. those are things too. I have a degree in theater. I thrive being in front of people. And that was a big issue as a young person where I was really like, I really want to do this. Does that mean I'm probably not supposed to do Mm -hmm. it? Which I think when there's kind of that level of scrupulosity of like, oh, is this like a sinful natural desire of mine? Do I need to like sit on that as hard as I can and squelch it down? Mm -hmm. And at 19 years old, that seemed like the virtuous thing to do. And then I discern this leadership charisma and I'm like, oh, that's very uncomfortable because I don't understand how to interact with that without this pride coming in and et cetera, et cetera. And so as the identity work comes to fruition in my life, all of the sudden you see how it is possible for for these things to be true at the same time, how you can be free of the need to perform, but actually, actually be in this public position, putting yourself in front of people. I love nothing more in this life than being in front of people and sharing with them what I feel God compelling me to share with them. And I had this beautiful experience in the fall, actually one of the first times that I did a presentation at a diocesan youth conference. I lost my voice the day before it was going to happen. And so the morning of, I'm like, okay, Jesus, are we are we going to have somebody else do this? Like, because I'm very thankful that he's nurtured this sense of detachment mm-hmm. in me. I was able to, I love it, but I could lay it down. And I was like, okay, are we finding somebody else? What are we doing? Go into adoration. He's just like, nope, nope, we're good. And then we get into an adoration about an hour before I'm supposed to talk. And he's like, I actually want you to talk about something else. So you guys, I walk into this first diocesan youth conference talk. I have no talk and no voice. And I'm just fully like, you have got to show up because there is nothing to backstop me here. And lo and behold, he did. I had a microphone so I could like horse whisper into the microphone. And uh, he shared with me exactly what he wanted to share with them. Had so many more opportunities come as a result of that. Had so many people contact me later on to say how impactful it had been. And I'm able to so fully be like, I'm, I'm so thankful I got to be a part of that because it just it was the the grace of knowing so clearly that it was not me because it didn't bring anything with me. <laughs> and I think so uh, each of you have touched on it in a certain way, but it is the gifts are used to make you feel more alive. Like there's something in you when you are co-creating with the Holy Spirit, there is a life that comes in you. It's an adventure. That's when life is an adventure. And, and 
to pay attention, like you were saying, those things like, okay, because I desire this, is this wrong? You know, but no, these are seeds that the Lord has planted, the Father has planted in your heart, you know, and He wants to develop them and nurture them and sometimes prune those seeds and things where they grow. They have to be refined and developed because He will not share His glory. It is about His glory displayed through us, but it is not about our glory. We just get to co-create with Him. And I mean, for me, very similar. Like I thought after I left design school, I had a, you know, reconversion. I thought I would never go back to art because I thought it was worldly. And it took 20 years almost for the Lord to bring it back. And, you know, he was like, I gave you the gift. I just needed to refine it, you know, and to allow things, you know, and if he ordains things in your life, I think one of the biggest lessons I'm learning now, when he ordains things and movements and things, he will sustain it, not me. You know, and to learning to mm-hmm. allow him, even after its birth, to for him to raise these things into my life. Because then, I, then I'm like, oh, it's birth. I want to take control now. Here's the gift. And now look, give it back to me. You know, where it's that continuing yielding and surrendering. And you use the example, which I think we all have to remember. It's a gift, you know, and you have to open it. And then you have to use the gift. You can't put it on a shelf. Like, you have to use it. And and as you use it, it get, the gift gets stronger. And then he sees that you're a good steward. And oftentimes, he gives you more gifts because he's so generous and that's how he is. So if you were to say one thing, like to leave our listeners with one thing, what would be the next next right thing for them to do with the gifts that they feel like they've been given? I think the most important first step is to identify what you've been given. Mm-hmm. I think to really put language, whether it is through actually taking a charism assessment and this is my charisms, Or if it's just through your personal prayer and really asking for that spirit of self-reflection to really see this thing that I am good at, this thing that is serving my family well or the people that I love well, that is a gift from you. And when you identify the source of those things, then automatically it moves us into the second step, which is to value that thing appropriately, mm-hmm. to really realize that this is something that that we that you should not throw away. I think that for Catholics who are baptized pri- primarily as babies, there can be a tendency to undervalue your charisms because you've always been that way. It's very interesting because mm-hmm. a lot of Protestants have a shift where they're able to notice like this thing is now more supernaturally effective. That's just not the experience of a lot of Catholics. And So then when you're able to value it, then you're also able to invest in it. This is what I'm going to show up with Mm -hmm. as I'm leading. As you go into a situation where you're like, gosh, I have no tools for this. Like, I have no idea how I'm going to help this person. You just rely on what you've been given. I have this charism for encouragement. I'm just going to like affirm them, encourage them in whatever the way the Holy Spirit brings up to me. And I'm going to feel peace that that is enough, that that is what I am here to provide for that person. And so so those three steps, identify value and invest, is really uh, this path to accessing a lot of the peace that God wants to bring us, right? To know that you've done what you can, but also to know your limits. So that that's as far as I go. That is what it is that God has given me to do. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important, like you were saying, Jill, at the beginning, you were really rooting this in, you know, a theological understanding. And and I just I just want to emphasize that once again, that this isn't just like an idea or like somebody made this up, or this mm-hmm. is like even in the catechism, it talks about charisms. If, if people are wanting to dive deeper into this and you you need 
you know, to get your footing underneath you. But in the Catechism 798, it says, the Holy Spirit is the principle of every vital and truly saving action in each part of the body. He works in many ways to build up the whole body in charity by God's word, which is able to build you up by baptism through which he forms Christ's body, by the sacraments, which give growth and healing to Christ's members, by the grace of the apostles, which holds first place among his gifts, by the virtues, which make us act accordingly to what is good. Finally, by the many special graces called charisms, by which he makes the faithful fit and ready to undertake various tasks and offices for the renewal and building up of the church, which I think that's powerful. You know, so this isn't like, to me, it's not like, oh, here's another option <laughs> for people. It's like, well, this is actually necessary as being part of the body of Christ to open wide the door to what God wants to do, to open the gifts, as you were saying, Michelle, Absolutely. to be able to identify what they are and and you know to to grow in that. So how about you just let us know what's the website that people can go to and we will link all of this in the show notes. But you also said there's a free thing that people can do like right away as a practical tool. Yes. So if you go to manypartsministries.com, it's a very simple website with just a few options. There's that option for the free download, like Heather talked about, which has a guide to all the 24 charisms, which we didn't even get into what they specifically are. Then there's an option to take that assessment for yourself and to receive that report that has a breakdown of really next steps for you to continue your discernment. Or we also do a monthly free live call. You can take the assessment, come to the live call. I'll talk through your results with you. No cost. We just want to help people really get their head around this, figure out what it looks like in their own lives. Wow. That's awesome. And then I also want to let people know they should really check out all your stuff at Pink Salt Riot because it's not just like cool Catholic stuff, but you're really passionate about that as well, about having things that are like declaring the truth as well, right? Yes. Yeah. That's so really Pink Salt Riot is the identity side of things. Many parts is is what are we doing after the fact, after we've set our identity. And so if there are, like we've talked about on here on Abiding Together lots of times, that if there's core lies, then we have something at Pink Salt Riot that's just a physical thing. You don't need a physical thing to get rid of lies in your life, but sometimes it's helpful to have a touchstone to just remember, yes, I am working on this, though this does not seem to be my current belief or experience of the truth. This is the actual truth. And I'm going, I'm going to touch in with that physically every day. I love that. So beautiful. Yeah. Jill, thank you so much. Just beautiful. I wish our viewers could see, I wish our listeners could see you because just as you share these things, your face comes alive and just there's this radiance about you and you can hear it in the tone of your voice. Like there's a passion that comes and I just like, this girl's living, like she's living out of her identity. Like it's, and it's blessing other people. You're blessing all of us. Like all of us are, are deeply blessed by you even today, even if we don't ever go to the website, just it, our experience of you is a deep blessing. So we just want to say thank you. Yeah, thank thank you, you so much for listening to this call and your own journey, your personal journey that continues. And just thank you for gifting yeah, this to the church and, and for yourself and to your marriage and to your kids. Yeah, we're just, we're profoundly grateful. I'm so, so in awe of the fact that God selected me for this life. And that is really what I think of every morning as I wake up. Just, gosh, what a gift. I wouldn't trade mm. who I am for anything. And that is also his gift mm -hmm. to have 
reach that point of recognizing that. Mm, I love that, friend. That's yeah. awesome. Amen. 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 Well, Jill, I'm not sure if you know that we always have a one thing uh, that we ask um, to offer our listeners. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let yours be the best. We're going to save the best for last. I'm going to let you go last. So, <laughs> so Heather, do you want to share your one thing with our listeners? Uh, yeah. Actually, I came across a little YouTube video, and the video isn't great. It's just like cars driving through the city. But the song behind the video is from Upper Room. I think it was one of their live worship moments, a song called Most Beautiful. Beautiful. And I've listened to it at least 10 times this week and I've just had it on in the house and been singing along and humming away. Yeah, I just, I love it and I hope it blesses some people. Also, I cannot get over what the Holy Spirit is doing as far as unity in the church and amongst different denominations right now. This could be a whole series that we do ourselves, but I just have to say, I am in awe and it's I want to ball my head off about it right now because of what God is doing and how many of our Protestant brothers and sisters are, they've been teaching me my whole life about different things. So there's so much to share, but also so many of them now are talking about their belief in the real presence of Jesus in the Eucharist and they're having communion revival. They call it, we're having Eucharistic revival. I'm like, is the Holy Spirit up to something or <laughs> what? I'm already pounded my fist about it. Anyway. That's my other one thing. <laughs> Michelle, how about you? My one thing is two different things. One is a book called A Home in Bloom, and it's by Christy Purifoy. And I mentioned that this is the second part of a book, and this is a gore, like physically, aesthetically beautiful book about gardening through every season in your home. And But mm. she has another book that I referenced here before called Garden Maker, and both books are beautiful with even the theology of going through seasons with the Lord, but how you practically do that in a garden in your own home. So talk about Eden, talk about that, and the books are gorgeous, and there's a lot of Chesterton quotes in it. So I love all of that. And so it's called A Home in Bloom, and it takes you through every season. And I have to give a big shout out to Blessed Is She and their new Bible. They have a new journaling Bible, and they gave it to us as a gift when we were out there in February before it came out. And I love this Bible. I love the sides of it, the margin. I love it aesthetically. I love the weight of it. I love the font of it. I love everything about it. Well done, ladies. It is beautiful. And I'll put that in the show notes. What about you, sister? Uh, my one thing for the week is I often partner with Hello, the Hello app for different um, things I've done. So things with Dr. Bob Schutz on there about mental health and consecration to Our Lady and read the book, Father Jacques Philippe's book, Searching for Maintaining Peace. But I just recently got to complete a project with them, which is a consecration of St. Joseph. And that will begin on May 1st. And so I just want to invite anybody who would like, like to join on that. If, yeah, if you, you just need the reaffirmation or a, a good dad in your life, St. Joseph's a good dad. And I, and I hope that it blesses you. So I just wanted to offer that as well. So that'll begin May 1st on the Hello app and you can click on the link. I'll have a link for y'all for that. So, so Jill, we've said the best for last. My dear, what is your one thing this week for our listeners? So I think my one thing would have to be encounter school of ministry. I just, I'm like, I, I, mm. I am about five weeks from graduation, my own graduation there. And there has been no vehicle that the Holy Spirit has used more powerfully in my life than the work they're doing there. Like Heather talks about the, you know, just the evangelical revival and the synergy between the denominations and just really like we're talking about empowering the people of God. So I'm just eternally grateful to the founders and the people that work there that have just allowed so much good fruit to come from it that they just steward really well. Mm, that's mm. awesome. Amen. Yeah, they are great. Well, um, we're all really close to Sarah Kazmarek and big fans first. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
I'm a big fan too. Yeah. Gay encounter ministry. <laughs> She's lovely. Mm-hmm. Well, Jill Simons, thank you so much. Thank you for being with us together on the Advancing Together podcast. We've delighted to have you. And yeah, thank you, dear listeners. And we just pray that the Holy Spirit illumines you just to the gifts that he's given you and deepens you in your identity as a beloved son and or, or daughter of the Father. So until next week, we will be abiding together. God bless you. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you liked it, would you please share it with a friend and leave us a review? We encourage you to head over to our website, abidingtogetherpodcast.com, where you can find all the show notes, links to our one things, group discussion questions for each episode, and beautiful coffee mugs, t-shirts, journals, and prints in our shop. There you can also subscribe to receive our weekly email with links to each new episode and all of the content. We'd love to connect on social media and invite you to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter so you can catch inspiring reflections every day. You're also welcome to join our private Facebook group and dive deeper into discussions with our fellow listeners. If the podcast has blessed you, would you prayerfully consider financially supporting us? The Body Together podcast is only available due to the generous support of our listeners. There are significant costs associated with creating this content, such as tech support, design, website, equipment, and hired staff that we need to be able to continue offering great content. Abiding Together is a nonprofit 501c3, and all donations are tax deductible. You can make donations of any amount through the Patreon website, or you can send us a check directly if that's easier for you. If you donate $15 or more per month on our Patreon page, you become a tribe member and you will receive bonus content every month, such as recipes, music playlists, downloadable prints, and more. You can find all the information at patreon.com slash abidingtogetherpodcast. Thank you so much and God bless you.